This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice, and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready, because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 121. I'm your host Jeff and on this weekend's flashback episode we are traveling back to almost exactly three years ago. Back on February 15th of 2020 I had Dr. Sonny Ravencourt come into the cafe and we had an awesome conversation. He answered my five questions which tell you the truth I forget what my five questions were to begin with but he stopped by, he answered those five questions, and we had a nice little conversation. And right now, actually, uh, Dr. Ravencourt has started his new set of lectures over there at the University of Coruscant podcast. So if you want to attend those lectures, just head on over to the University of Coruscant. So far, the first two lectures have been quite entertaining and quite informative. So I suggest you check him out because this might be the last set of lectures he does for a while. And he'll explain that to you before his first lecture. Now before we jump into the flashback, I want to just give you a quick update on the computer situation here at the cafe. It is still it is still not operational and I'm pretty sure that comes to a shock to no one. Um, but hopefully, hopefully, I we are on track to have it up and running by the end of March. So hopefully by March, sometime in March, I'll have my computer back and I'll be able to record new episodes again, talking about Season 3 of The Mandalorian, giving my recap of The Bad Batch Season 2, which... I really haven't had a chance to do yet, so I can't wait to do all that stuff, but that's that's the quick update on the computer, so I'm not going to delay any more. Let's jump into this DeLorean here, go back to the year 2020, and revisit my episode with Dr. Sonny Ravencourt. Enjoy. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. Hello and welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter and place your order because we're about to talk all things Star Wars and Geek.
Welcome back into the cafe. My name is Jeff. This is episode 37. And this week, I have the privilege of being visited by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant. And we are going to find all about um, the university and what he teaches there. So, Sonny, how are you doing this morning? I am fabulous. I've got coffee in the Blue Milk Cafe. I'm I'm stoked to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. I really dug, you know, your your lectures. They were so informative. Can't wait for next semester. So, any big plans for the upcoming semester? Oh, man, yes. Tons, tons. Uh, the first semester was uh, just really, you know, figuring out whether or not this thing was going to work at all. I said coffee earlier. I really should have said calf. I mean, that's somebody is already <laughs> angry on a forum somewhere about this interview. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the first semester was all about being in uh, the uh, the grand lecture hall in Coruscant, and then this this semester is is wild. It's uh, it's already much more complicated. There's a much greater narrative thread going on. I'm on location. I'm away from Coruscant for most, if not all, of uh, the semester, uh, sending in the <laughs> sending in the lectures remotely. It's a blast. It's a ton of fun. And I've got a, a bunch of different uh, voice actors involved. I've got a few friends of mine that are playing some recurring characters. But then I've got some... Um, like Lacey Gillerin uh, has uh, ha- has joined for an episode, um, and then uh, I have uh, Dan Z um, from Coffee with Kenobi is another right. one. Um, there is uh, there's a ton of really really great stuff. I'm 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 very excited about all of it. Uh, Holly Frey, who is one of my all time favorite female voices from Stuff You Missed in History class, and also her. Uh, podcast the sith list uh has lent her voice over and so i'm really excited it's it's a blast it, the only problem is that it takes me uh forever to edit things because i've become such a perfectionist over things because i know that this is uh important to me and so right. i spend this i tend to spend far too long on little tiny things because they just annoy me so like <laughs> yeah. yesterday i spent most of the afternoon on about 20 seconds of audio coming out coming from outside in the cold into the inside in a cantina and just that transition was just driving me absolutely insane <laughs> yeah some of us we, we just want to make the best entertainment for our fans as we can so well that's exactly it right like so i'm i'm i i know that this is important to me and i want it to be important to other people too and so if i kind of like do it a half measure then it's not gonna make either one of us happy <laughs> right and so yeah it's it's a big deal for me and and i have so much fun doing it so yeah i i really understand where you're coming from because when i edit you know my show here i when i'm listening back i can hear myself doing the ums and the you knows and some of them just bother me i'm like oh my goodness i said that too many times in a row oh i know and i really said that so. and the difference is that like when i would do a live podcast um i just said um yeah <laughs> when i would do a live podcast you just kind of roll with it and it becomes something that you have to consciously try to fix on the fly uh or in between episodes you're, you're saying to yourself oh my god i keep using this dumb expression over and over and over and over and it's so annoying right when you're doing what I'm doing with the University of Coruscant, it is so heavily edited that I can simply just do another take of it. And I can do take after take after take right. until I'm happy with it. That's annoying to me, but it's not annoying yeah. to anybody else because you only hear the final product. Right. Yeah. That, so it's that, different. You have, a, you have a much tougher job, I would say. My job is uh, just takes longer. Yeah. Usually my, my show is a solo show. I, like I said, I do have guests from time to time. This is one of the rare occasions I've had back-to-back guests, and it's really fun. But usually it's just me, and like you said, when it's just you, when I'm sitting here recording myself, I could go over something and go, oh, my God, that sounded stupid. <laughs> and just go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and see, my, my, my dog just... <laughs> 
What species? Three. What species is that in the background there? <laughs> she she would be a Rottweiler. Oh. We, a Rottweiler. I have two pseudo beagles. Yeah. Maybe she's barking at a porg. Oh my goodness! She rarely got into our house. It would, it would be the end of times. It would. (laughs) There would be nothing left of the house. I don't think after my two beagles, uh, tore through it like some sort of, you know. Some sort of hyperspace track or something like that as they just blasted through, destroying everything. Right. Well, well, there you go. My my Rottweiler Lacey just had a guest appearance on the show. That's right. I'm not cutting that out. You got two guests now. Yeah, she, she rarely does that, too. Usually when I record, she's quiet as can be. She's there sleeping in the corner. That's my only guess because she jumped up barking at the back door, so it had to be a porg running by. <laughs> oh well anyway for for those that aren't familiar with the University of Coruscant why don't you explain what exactly the University of Coruscant is well obviously it's a university but sure well I mean and there are plenty of people that are not familiar with the University of Coruscant uh, at least my my podcast or audio play I suppose would be more accurate um, it started not too terribly long ago, I think November or something like that. Um, I'd been, uh, I used to have a podcast about uh, SWOTOR a very long time ago, maybe like eight years ago or, or whenever SWOTOR came out and even before it came out. And it was called uh, Sonny's Diner. And okay. it was, uh, I called it uh, Star Wars The Old Republic uh, for the rest of us because I'm not, you know, a hardcore gamer or anything like that. I'm right. a family guy. And it was just, there was a lot of, um, you know, crazy, aggressive min-maxing and and PvP-style podcasts, and every little bit of news, they'd latch onto it, and they'd have a big, long three-hour discourse about it. And I said, you know, that is, that is not going to happen. That is not a thing for me. I can't keep that up. And so me and a buddy of mine, uh, Mickey Pearson decided we were going to do this this podcast and we had a lot of success with it and we had some developers on and it was a blast and then eventually we kind of fell out of the game uh it it ended up not being the kind of uh draw that warcraft world of warcraft was for me i think a lot of people kind kind of fell through that i mean the story of star wars the old republic is is fascinating just the ups and downs of that whole game and then when they went free to play and oh my god it's just this wild saga and uh, and so I kind of left that, and I did some other podcasts with some good friends of mine that are now currently doing a uh, a podcast called uh, Lore Seekers about uh, Elder Scrolls Online, okay. and they've had a lot of success with that. And so I kind of fell out of podcasting for a while, and I always had this itch to come back and do something. And so my buddy Mickey said, "Well, you're not doing another Sunny's Diner. If you're gonna do a podcast, you have to do something totally different. You have to do." probably something long form, something heavily edited, something that, you know, is a little bit evergreen, um, meaning that it, it it's not dependent on news, for example. Right. Um, sort of like your interview shows, right? Like you can listen to interview shows over and over because right. there isn't anything that's super dating it. You know, everything's a little bit dated, but it, it, I mean, it's Star Wars, right? There's only, right. it's it's from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away. It's, it's already fairly dated just from that, right? That was the first thing we learned. Uh, so uh, so we kind of kicked around all sorts of different ideas. I talked about doing something on Greek mythology. I talked about doing something on like great historic fires. Uh, and then finally, I, I said, you know, well, who am I kidding? Like, it's got to be Star Wars. Like, this is the <laughs> thing that I love by far the most. And I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. And so I came up with this idea uh, based on a couple other things that I really liked. One of them was uh, a podcast called Hardcore History by a guy named Dan Carlin. I don't know if you've ever heard this. It is spectacular. It is a pretty popular podcast. But he teaches history as a fan of history, he always says. I'm not a, I'm not a historian. I'm just a fan of history is his famous line. And he talks about 
you know the the Roman the fall of Rome and uh, Genghis Khan and Japan and World War II and he has these these massive epic series of podcasts like I think the one on Rome was like nine hours long or something like that and it these just a tremendous storyteller um, but he sounds like he's just your buddy that happens to know a lot about it right. and uh, and that is super cool and then the other thing was. The fact that Matthew McConaughey is now teaching culture at the University of Texas. Did you know this? Uh, no. He is the minister of culture. You got to Google it. It's wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he literally is teaching as a professor. This movie actor who presumably doesn't have any like degree in culture, okay. <laughs> however you would even get that. And uh, and he's just revered down there. He was on uh, um, Fallon went down to to UT and uh, and did a whole week down there. And they had McConaughey on, and he walks out in this white suit, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. It, you know, there's this huge following, and he's like the most popular guy on campus, and he's now referred to as the minister of culture, and it's just a the cult of McConaughey. And God knows what one of his lectures is like. So the combination of those two ideas is kind of where the University of Coruscant comes from. So I am a washed up holodrama actor. So I'm like actually playing this character of Dr. Sonny Ravencourt. And he is teaching. He has been invited by the University of Coruscant to teach history. Uh, And so he just kind of rolls in (laughs) and... You know, he knows enough or he he's at least done enough research to make it like plausibly uh, interesting as far as like the history of whatever he's teaching. Right. Um, but at the same time, he's kind of a little bit making it up as he goes along. He's got a both and associate that gets him the item. So, for example, the whole first semester is on weaponry. Um, so he brings him in blasters and, uh, you know, and lightsabers and, and things like that. Uh, and so the sound is very important for me. So you have to have the sound of teaching in this giant lecture hall in combination with the sound of these weapons and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, the audience is asking questions and you can hear Wookiees and Gamorreans and, you know, weak ways in the in the background because you you want to be in in that space. Uh, and and so each class each episode is is a lecture that you as the listener are downloading onto your holopad um as though you weren't there you know you like you missed the lecture or you were at the lecture but you wanted to get the university copy of the recording right Uh, so that's how the whole thing is presented it's kind of a little bit complicated now that i try to explain it but it's a blast each episode is like 15 minutes so it's uh, it's easily digestible, which was another important thing. But my God, right. like the episodes take me somewhere between 10 and 15 hours a piece to make. Yeah. It's so much. But uh, it's a labor of love. It's it's fun. It's a love letter to Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm still reeling. You blew my mind with the McConaughey thing. <laughs> yeah, um, Google I it. I mean, it's totally wild, right? Like, it, you just look at him in the white suit and him teaching in these, what can only be presumably the biggest lecture hall in all of the University of Texas, right? Because who's right. not going to take this class for credit? Exactly. Oh, my it's, God. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because, one, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of his acting. And, and two, I could just, yeah, d- does he actually, w- will he do... During his lecture, will he do the all right, all right, all right? My God, he came out on Fallon. I think that was the first thing he said. Like, oh, he, really? he just lives by it now. I mean, it well, is this. He is a well, caricature of himself. It's yeah. Why not own it? I mean, it it happened. I believe it was just that one movie. Oh yeah, and, it's just the one line in the one movie. And uh, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't his first movie, but right. It's just so iconic, right? And and it kind of personifies his whole thing so his thing i've seen a couple like i watched the interview with fallon and he kind of gave the the reader's digest notes does anybody have reader's digest does reader's digest still exist i know i'm i thought everything was on the computer now i'm an old man and so (laughs) i make like old-timey statements like reader's digest version of something (laughs) nobody understands what i'm saying except for people that are like 50 oh yeah Uh, I know. But uh, he would 
he comes out and he talks about how, you know, it's just caring about others and, and you know, respecting strangers and, and being kind and, and all this stuff. And, you know, if you're not willing to do this, then then just keep on driving, you know. Right. <laughs> this is in a very McConaughey sort of way of like half half Texan, oh, half surfer oh. that he sort of has. Uh, and it's just it's it's fun to to watch. But at the same time, it's just pure insanity that this is a thing. Um, and so that, I mean, honestly, that was like a kind of one of the impetus for the whole university of course. And I was like, well, what would you, what would happen if you took a washed up hollow drama actor and you put him in the, in the star Wars universe in the biggest lecture hall in Coruscant? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, he, he should really YouTube his lectures. Oh, Oh. I'm sure that, yeah, this will be a thing where probably like a year or two after he's done doing them that they'll be available online or something like that they'll go on netflix and it'll be a huge hit wow i would watch it yeah i mean really just for the entertainment value alone who wouldn't yeah yeah. he's a national trick (laughs) yeah okay let's let's go ahead before we get too far off topic because we're going there for a while about McConaughey. Oh, we're already there, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but feel free to rein me in at any point. Yeah. This is your bus. You're driving it. Well, yeah. And that that was my bad because I'm the one that you said that and I'm I'm sitting here going, what? Really? Just trying <laughs> to picture it in my head. And it's wild. But yeah, let's let's get into the the BMC five questions famous five i'm ready for the this famous... i've been preparing oh cool so number one i ask everybody when they first come in the cafe is what is your star wars story what got you into star wars in the first place all right i'm gonna try not to go off here well that's um, okay you know, and, and, yeah much time as you need well, we have a limited period of time here for me to do this. But the funny thing for me, and I thought a lot about this. Uh, I really did. And I have no real good memories of how I found Star Wars or why I became as into it as I am. Like, it, it is the weirdest thing for me because I thought and thought and thought, like, when did I first see it in the theaters? And I don't know if I ever saw it in the theaters. Maybe like a matinee or something in like some time that they would have just put it out briefly. But I don't know if they even did that. I remember they did it late in the 90s, but I was born in 79. So I'm okay. I'm pretty sure I did not see it in the theaters in the original run. And then I remember specifically the toys um, that I had toys so i still have my original chewbacca and my original r2 the little tiny guys yeah um kenner i think it is right kenner maybe. yes um and so i have those i remember specifically around age six or seven there was a guy that went to my parents church that had a son that was about my age and he was egyptian and the son's name was shiraz fuad (laughs) and he had every toy like all of them he had all of the little figures and it was just mind-blowing i had i I had a friend like that (laughs) yeah right and so i would go over there and i would see all of these toys and it was just wild um and that's like the only thing i remember about shiraz fuad somewhere out there shiraz fuad is listening and saying like that's me yeah. <laughs> shiraz fuad. Yeah. Uh, and let me tell you you have a great star wars name that's right i mean that is a perfect star wars you don't have to change it at all right like no. you're just in you just put them on a put him on a like a space truck stop somewhere and have him run the place and it's shiraz yeah. fuad's truck stop um yeah, and then uh, and then suddenly, so I grew up uh, in Canada, uh, outside Winnipeg, and then yeah. when I was a junior in high school, I moved down to Iowa because of my family. And when I moved to Iowa, suddenly I was like, that was a thing that I knew a lot about, apparently, compared to other people. Um, and so I met Mickey at that time, my good friend Mickey, and he also knew 
about Star Wars. And so it's this weird sort of accumulation where suddenly I became like the Star Wars guy. Um, <laughs> and it and it just sort of perpetuated after that, right? And so that's like the late, not in the mid to late 90s. And then you end up with the prequels. And that became something that I was obviously very into. And I just sort of kept accumulating stuff and knowledge and talking about it. And then it just, it just was my thing. Uh, and so weirdly, without having any good recollection of the original uh, movies and my experience with them, like my Star Wars story, it just kind of became me. Right. And I don't have any good, I don't have any good reason why. Yeah. Hey, that that's fine. So, some people don't. Um, like I said, um, when I've, because I've told mine a couple of times, um, I'm just fortunate that it was under circumstances, even though I was seven, eight years old when it came out, because mm-hmm. I was born in 69. Um, I we, we were on family vacation. I mean, how perfect is that, though? Like yeah. that age? I think that you're like right in that wheelhouse, right? Yeah. And and people tell me all the time I'm one of the rare original trilogy Star Wars fans that loves everything <laughs> so it it can it has star wars on it i'm gonna like it because it's the kind of storytelling i like um is, yeah i'm 100 percent. i don't mean to interrupt you but i'm 100 percent the same way and that is i think you're absolutely right that that is rare like i love the original trilogy obviously everybody everybody oh, loves yeah. the original trilogy but then the prequels like i like the prequels too i like the sequel series i don't like i don't like people that that Dis- well, I don't like people. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't agree with people that have like vehement views on certain, you know, whole trilogies, or right. you know, the whole. Uh, I think they called it uh, um, uh, a blood feud <laughs> between, exactly. uh, you know, the Last Jedi and the Return of Skywalker. Uh, all of that, like, I don't. I don't dig that. I don't need yeah. to have my life so dependent on, you know, the the particular narrative arc of kylo ren like it's just star wars to me right like it's all star wars it's all great i love it all it's just different right yeah some of it's, it's a little bit better than others like the mandalorian is obviously spectacular oh my goodness <laughs> um but it's still star wars like it's just more star wars for the star wars pile exactly and yeah is is every film perfect no i i even had a whole podcast about something being perfect so it, yeah because i was raised at Nobody and nothing is actually perfect. Everybody has slight flaws. Everything has a slight flaw, but it's, like I said, it's something I enjoy, so I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. And, like, I tell people that really have a problem with either the prequels or the sequels, I, I tell them, I'm like, well, go ahead. You know, nowadays everybody has a camera, has a movie camera in their pocket. Yep. Go ahead and make do do better, and show it to me. You got a broadcast studio too. You yeah. can so, start your own podcast and just complain about the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> and go ahead and you know film something and show it to us, and you know maybe we will go. Oh my God, that is a lot better. But yeah, there's you know. so much in this world to complain about. Like, why make Star Wars one of them? Right? Yeah. You know, it's not designed for that. It, they, yeah, there's all sorts there's of mistakes. Real problems. It's crazy. None of it makes sense from the from the go right and yeah. so just enjoy it for god's sakes it's awesome yeah it's like yeah there are real world problems to worry about so <laughs> but oh well okay yeah like i said that's that's perfectly you know like i said i was just in a we were on family vacation in august and i remember all that summer bugging my dad to take me and my brother to this new you know space film and he finally gave in because my mom was like you're absolutely not taking the boys on vacation this is vacation blah 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 but he ended up taking us so <laughs> but yeah it over the will of mom yep she goes go ahead go see your space movie well who won the end of that right yeah Hist- historically looking back i think he's the real hero here Exactly. <laughs> but moving on to question two would be, who are your 
favorite five Star Wars characters? This was a tough one, too. So I had to think about this one uh, for quite a bit. I thought about all these questions for, for quite a while. Um, they're all just really good questions. So I got to start with Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, because okay. I think that he's like he's the most consistently interesting character for me in all of it. Uh, despite the fact that he dies pretty early in the first in, right. in the first of the original trilogy, the the stuff that they did with the prequels and then the stuff that they've done with the Clone Wars, like Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of Star Wars to me. Everything else is is great, but Obi Wan Kenobi really is what defines Jedi to me. It's what defines Star Wars. It's Obi Wan Kenobi. When you hear that word, like Obi Wan Kenobi, like that's not a normal name. That right. is a Star Wars name right there, right? Like exactly. you can't, you can name your dog Obi Wan. You know, <laughs> it's it's very unique, and so everything about it is Star Wars. Um, number two is R two D two, and I think that the the personification of the droid uh, that is just literally like a box with legs right like it's just it he, he took lucas took this this trash can and put wheels on it and suddenly it is this beloved character right it's got yeah. so much personality just tremendous personality and it doesn't say anything you know it, it talks and talks and talks but you have no idea uh and so it's not like c-3po c-3po has lines that are delivered either comically well or not r2d2 is just like winning all the time without saying anything it's spectacular how much they pack into r2d2 and it's it's so funny because like even the color scheme has got this this imprint on my brain where when i see blues and whites together yep. Uh, that that means, you know, like happiness almost. It is, and I know it comes from from R2-D2. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I recently got a new phone case and it's R2-D2. Oh, yeah. It just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm drinking out of, like you'll see on the tweet that I put out that I was on here, that I'm drinking out of my R2-D2 coffee yeah. mug. And it's just, I just love everything about it. Um if my wife ever lets me, I'm going to build an R2-D2. It's either yeah. that or I'm going to build, like, a Mandalorian uh, armor. And she would prefer the right. Mandalorian armor. But, man, having your own R2-D2 would be yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Like you said, it, the color scheme is just iconic because if you would just, like, glance at my phone case, a person that has no idea what Star Wars is, I mean, they wouldn't know. But I, it, I don't know. That, it's instantly recognizable. Yeah. I had someone that really not a Star Wars fan, not into Star Wars, saw my phone case at work the other day and went, that's R2-D2, isn't it? So that's because it's just those colors. So Yeah, it just, I mean, it's just, so, it's so perfect. Number three for me is Darth Vader. Um, okay. Because that's the icon on the other side of things, right? That is right. that. It's got the Japanese influence with the samurai. It's got the just the sheer... Everything about Darth Vader is designed uh, for intimidation. Uh, the voice is so <laughs> epic. Uh, uh, you know, like you, it, it, I basically, I'm certainly not going to say that it launched James Earl Jones' career because he, he was already established. Oh, yeah. he's, he's a but, spectacular actor. But, I mean, it really made his voice become one of the all-time iconic things. You know, like the this... This is CNN, you know, and all right. of that. Yep. It's just like, hey, that's Darth Vader saying that. Right. Uh, it's just he. Everything about Darth Vader is is great in the opposite of Obi Wan Kenobi and R two D two. It's just, I just love, I love the the icon of Vader. Um, so after that, then there's like a whole bunch of ties, right? So after those first three, um. One of the guys that I always have been interested in for no good reason is Plo Koon. Oh, wow. Uh, From the prequels, it's just, he's just this guy on the council that looks super weird and cool with, like, sort of fake sunglasses that he's wearing. Uh, And I don't know what his story is. I don't know why he's why he is the way that he is uh, and what he did to get on the council. Like he's just this cool looking guy uh, and, and he'll show up in 
He'll show up in video games and he'll show up yeah. in, uh, for example, like X-Wing miniatures, you know, the board game that you can play, like Plo Koon, fly in a plane. Sure, why yeah. not? He's he's always there in the prequels. Uh, and it's just like, we need more <laughs> explanation of what this guy is. Like, yeah. It's I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by him. So yeah. he's one of those he's one of those, you know, thousand person ties that comes kind of after Vader. Right. Um, but if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Ahsoka. Right. Like there's like so much he's he's in the he's in the Clone Wars series. You know, he he, he definitely does this stuff and they you know, they're trying to make him a thing. But there's just more. Every time I see him, there's more questions than answers to me. Like, what is going on with this guy? So I'm just kind of fascinated with that. And then if I had to pick somebody from the uh, sequel trilogy, I would have to say it's Poe Dameron. Um, okay. Poe Dameron really, really drives that uh, series of movies. The whole oh, yeah. uh, Ray and Kylo Ren thing is obviously at the forefront, but you don't have the original trilogy without Han Solo, um, and you don't have the sequel trilogy without Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron delivers so much flavor to all three of those movies. All like so much comedy, so much uh, you know emotion. All the plot lines kind of revolve around Poe Dameron in some sort of way. Like he is, he is hugely important, and he's not just a ripoff of Han Solo. I mean, I get. And he's a good-looking, you know, rugged guy. But he's kind of the military aspect of right. Han Solo that Han Solo wasn't. You know, Han Solo left that life. Exactly. Uh, and Poe is still very much living it. Uh, and so I love, I love Poe Dameron. I think that he is a, he is a great character, and he's my probably my favorite part of the sequel trilogy. Yeah, especially in the Rise of Skywalker, he had so many good back and forth with Finn and Rey. It was it's so much personality, magic. right? Like you can relate to Poe. Like how'd it go out there? Uh, really not good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and them arguing over when he got back, she goes, "What'd you do to my ship?" He's like, "What'd you do to my droid?" He just so. loves the droid so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean it's great. All the, you know, when he's got the slapstick comedy too with like the flashlight that he's got next to the lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, He's just great. I mean, he's just great front to back. Like, I could watch Poe. I could yeah. have a Poe Dameron series. And, and actually, thanks to the sequel trilogy, I have been going and finding on Amazon Prime and Netflix. I have been finding Oscar Isaac movies and going and watching them now because he's, like, become one of my favorite actors. I'm like, I like this guy. Yeah, he's very I'll good. Watch, he's I'll, very I'll good. I'll watch anything with him in it now. So... Yeah, it's just, he's, yeah, like you said, he's just adds so much to the sequels. Um, number three, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? It's the first one. It's the, it's A New Hope. Uh, it's Star, Star Wars. Wars. That is Star Wars to me. And I know that everybody says that uh, Empire is objectively a better movie. First of all, objectively a better movie is one of my most annoying phrases <laughs> because people use that all the time in this stupid fight between uh the last jedi it's like well this is objectively a better movie it's like right there <laughs> we're talking about star wars here we're talking about a franchise where ships blow up in space and make all sorts of cool sounds like there is no objectively anything in star wars it is very very not real and so the objectively better movie thing uh, it doesn't really resonate with me. And right. the first movie, A New Hope, has so much of what I love about Star Wars. And it's a complete package. It's got a beginning and an end. And it's the whole thing. And nothing exists in the universe without it. And it all references back to it. Um, it's just, it's my favorite. Like, I can turn on A New Hope at any time anywhere and and i at any point in it and i will love it it is that is star wars to me yep um your number four your favorite animated star wars i think you're gonna have to take this question out for future interviews because i don't think that there's any i think that clone wars right now is so far and above everything else does mm -hmm. anybody answer anything other than clone wars for you because i've heard a bunch of your oh. interviews yeah. 
it's just thing. so good, right? Like, it's just yeah. so much better than everything else. Now, Rebels is good, and Rebels is a, is kind of a continuation with a with a different storyline, and you get a lot more Harris and Dula, which I'm a big fan of, and, you know, the whole Kanan, Jarrus storyline with Ezra, and that's cool and everything. But Clone Wars is just great. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it, the work that they did with Ahsoka, the work that they did with Obi-Wan and the Anakin relationship, they created characters like Cad Bane, you know, and they, they just brought this whole, whole section to life, which everybody knows is a hugely pivotal, pivotal, pivotal <laughs> moment in uh, Star Wars, right? Like the Clone Wars, there's so much happening there that we never see. And this series just dives right into exactly where we want it to be. It, I just don't understand how anybody answers anything other than Clone Wars, unless they have some sort of like weird fascination with some cartoon from like the 80s. I'll yeah. accept. I, I will accept that. <laughs> yeah. What was that one? Droids. I Something think? like that. Yeah, right. If you have some sort of like psychological attachment to that, then you know I can I can accept that. But Clone Wars yeah. is just so good. Yeah, I, I've been thinking. Actually, I have been thinking about changing up that question. I just haven't thought of a good, like, routine question to ask that would have multiple, like, different answers almost constantly. But I think it's something eventually. Yeah, it's like the Olympics where they, they want to take out, like, softball because America wins every year and there's no competition oh. or something like that. Like, if, if you keep asking that question and everyone keep, keeps wondering, like, well, what is there other than Clone Wars that's right. competing for this? Uh, yeah, you may have to yeah. revisit that one. Yeah, I have to go back and actually listen to some of my past interviews and see if anyone did answer something different. Huh. Yeah, I'm not not too sure. But actually, the question number five, I don't know if this really applies to you, because who would you be in Star Wars? You're you're a professor at the University of Coruscant. I mean, <laughs> right. Well, that's that would be my professional job. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> and I mean, other than the fact that I have kind of created exactly this question uh, and made an entire show about it. Um, I was thinking about this and I've always wanted to be a bookie. Uh, I, okay. it's, it's not legal, which is probably the only reason why I'm not a bookie, <laughs> but I just love the whole idea of being a bookie, you know, being the guy that takes bets from other people and he sets lines and like, he has to survive on his wits, uh, and, and understanding of things. And, you know, it's just like slightly outside the law, but at the same time, you're not like killing anybody. So it's not you're not a you know uh you're not a murderer or anything you know you're just like a guy that lives on the fringes of the law um and so it's funny when i've played games in the past like star wars the old republic i would set up uh something like sunny sports book and i would have i would set lines on all the things uh in in real life like the games i'd set lines on those and then people could wager their in-game credits and then uh, you know i'd pay them out like they were going to a bookie but then we'd also have you know, like speeder races or something or gladiatorial fights. And I would set odds on those and, and do the whole thing. So I really like I, I really take this seriously. Like I really do want to be a bookie and it, <laughs> it bothers me that it that I can't because because right. uh, it's illegal. And so I just can't do it. But man, if I could do if I could do anything in the Star Wars universe, I would definitely be a bookie at, on Coruscant somewhere. Yeah, they they have sports in the Star Wars universe. So why not? Yeah, I've always wondered what sport they're playing when they go in uh, Attack of the Clones. Well, yeah, uh, when, they when they go into the Outlanders Club. Right, and like Sleaze Bagano or whatever is in there trying to sell uh, death sticks. There's, yeah. a, there's like a football game in the background right. where the what droids are wheeling around throwing a football. Um, and then there was Hutball in uh, the Old Republic and all of these things. Someday, someday yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, a Star Wars bookie. That's my <laughs> low-lying, low low-reaching low fruit for that one, but uh, that's my life goal. Okay. And, of course, the a bonus question that I try to you know, change up every time, and sometimes I try, like, try to theme it to the guests that I have on. Um, your bonus question is, what Star Wars subject would you like to know more about? We know you're a history professor, but 
I think that it's the Jedi Council. I really am fascinated by the Jedi Council because they don't do a lot with them. They kind of just sit in some chairs and they talk about things. But there are some bizarre creatures on the Jedi Council. And yeah. so and not, not only that, but of course, there's Plo Koon sitting on the council. Like, yep. how did you get there? What have you done? What I mean, what kind of process goes on with the Jedi Council? What are they doing? Like, how do they how do they get people uh, to join the council? Uh, there seems to be like thousands of Jedi out there, yet it seems like they always know that like this person's next up for the council. Right. Uh, but on top of that, like the Jedi Temple as a whole is just, I want to know more about the Jedi Temple. Do they have like a cafeteria? You know, where are the bunk rooms? Uh, do the kids all stay in the same area or are they, you know, is it divided by gender or species? Like there's so much because you see every now and then you'll see those things like this is what a Star Destroyer looks like compared to the, you know, Manhattan or something like that. <laughs> and I saw one of those with the Jedi Council. And it was like most of New York would have been the size of the Jedi Temple. Right. And like, my God, what is going on in there? You know, it's I don't know. I want to know. I want to have a whole series or a sitcom or something about the Jedi Temple uh, and, and, and know much, much more about that, because it's it's this thing that operates like kind of outside the law. They run their own business inside. You can't just walk into the temple or can you just walk into the temple? It seems like the archives are kind of open. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to know more about the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those were your those were your famous five or the BMC five. <laughs> but thank you. I enjoyed yeah. it. But um yeah. And of course every week now I've started this is the second second one I believe. I've started the BMC question of the week and last week my last week's guest Maggie gave, gave the question of the week. Um, it was what color and type of lightsaber would you like to have? And yeah, I answered it last week, but for anyone that didn't hear last week, for me, I would go with yellow. Yep. And Luke's hilt from Return of the Jedi. Ooh. So. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, what, what about you, Sonny? Yellow. I like yellow. Yellow. I've always been a fan of yellow. Now, granted, I live in Iowa and uh, Iowa City specifically, so the University of Iowa is like black and yellow. But that yellow color to me is, I love it. And I definitely want the yellow. The emitter and the whole lightsaber look is tricky because like there, to me, there's like two different kinds, right? You have Luke's original one, which sort of looks like a steel tube and it just kind of comes out of the steel tube. And then you have Obi-Wan's right and it's kind of got this thing at the end at the emitter part that looks very different like it looks more like a tool right right? and i think that i gotta go with the luke sort of look right okay i think that i'm kind of with you on that that i really sort of like luke's green saber and the way that that looks but i think that it's important to me to that it's functional that it's yeah. more like a tool. So it's got to work in my hand. So it can't have a bunch of, like, um, antique pieces on it or, you know, a bunch of aesthetic crap that gets in the way of my fingers. Right. It's got to, It's a tool more than anything. Um, right. So it's got to work in my hand. Kind of like how uh, Dooku has the hook on his. Oh, the you know, curved. Yeah, it's not aesthetic, really. I mean, it is. It looks neat, but it's also very important for the way that he wields the lightsaber, right? Right. Like I'm, I'm more on that front. I think that it's got to functionally work more than it has to look pretty. Right. And I got a couple responses here from the question of the week. Maggie from... Maggie of the Town, which was my guest last week. She designed her... She actually has one. She designed it at Save's there in Galaxy's Edge. And she said she had Obi-Wan's hilt in mind. So I'm assuming... And the pictures that she put on 
the Twitter here looks like it's maybe a purple blade. So, but yeah, the, the, the hilt looks really nice. If you go to the BMC pod on Twitter and go to the question of the week, you could see her pictures of it there. And a rural farm boy, which I said last week, if you're a Star Wars fan and a fan of Star Wars podcast and you don't know who Anthony is, a rural farm boy, then you're not listening to enough podcasts. My God, he's everywhere, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like he is, he, he should get some sort of, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like a Kennedy Award Center thing for Star Wars podcasting. Like he's done exactly. so much for the community. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Um, yeah. It's super cool. And you always feel important whenever, you know, he, because he doesn't he he doesn't seem to like judge a lot you know no uh, he does he's he's an equal opportunity Star Wars fan and I love that about him yep oh look and, look at this thing look at the lightsaber that she designed yeah it's it's got a gold ring on it it's got the emitter in the middle I can definitely see you know the 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 sort of rubberized lines uh, yeah. that are consistent with Obi Wan. But it doesn't have the weird Obi-Wan emitter on the end. Right. It's got more like the Luke emitter, right? Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, uh, that, it's going to probably be a couple years before I make it to Galaxy's Edge, but that's making me want to show out the money to do a hill now as well. I know. I'm the same way. And I look at that. I'm like, well, I can't not build the lightsaber, right? And I have my son. So I have a son, uh, H, who's nine, and there's just no way that I'm <laughs> like, it would take an unreasonable amount of money, like a totally <laughs> unreasonable amount of money for me to say, we're going to go here, but not do that. Right. But they also have the build a droid and you know, I got to build my droid. So, uh, I have a feeling galaxy that's going to get a lot of money from me when I go. I know. There's just no avoiding it, right? They know. Right. They know what we want, and they're just like feeding our 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 brains little uh, little pieces to keep us going. Yep. Anyway, and of course, a rural farm boy Anthony says actually says no lightsaber for him. Give me a blaster. I think that's <laughs> so, an E11 that he put up there too. Yeah. Yep. So plastic. And. I think that that's a blast tech, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. I, mean, I did a whole podcast on this. I should yeah. probably. <laughs> and MRC Tech says, wait until people find out it's a double blade, which I'm assuming that his would be double bladed. Oh, the secret double blade. Oh, okay. You know, like you have the it's sort of like Darth Maul uh, when he when he pulls out the one sided lightsaber. And then uh, I mean, it was obviously given away so much in the uh, in the trailers and everything. But he only fights with one blade that whole first time. And then when he has to do the whole duel of the fates thing against Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, then he busts out the this, this second blade. That's what I'm talking about. OK, don't give away the secrets until you have to. Right. Yeah. Now I understand what he's saying. And at CL, what's that? Slugger82 says Green Blade because of Kit Fisto. He's a Kit Fisto fan and Dooku's elegant hilt. So there you go. There's one that likes the curved hilt. Mm hmm. I will say this you know, the Green Blade. I waffle between the yellow and the green blade. The green blade is so cool looking. So here's yeah. here's something super fun. So my wife, for a birthday present, actually, no, it was a Christmas present, a couple years ago, she found this guy online, this artist called Daniel Ryan, and she he was having a sale. Like, I don't know what kind of artists has sales on their right. own work. <laughs> it seems weird to me, but he had a sale. Uh, it was like 50% off where he would do commissioned pieces. And so she paid to have this guy do a piece of art. And it, it wasn't like super crazy expensive. Uh, it was a sale, right? <laughs> and right. So, uh, and so he painted a picture 
of me and my son, who was much younger than it must have been more than a couple of years, uh, outside of Tatooine. And we are like sort of Jedis and farmers at the same time. I'll have to put the picture up for you. Uh, and my son has a green lightsaber and it initially was blue. And she asked him to go back and change it to green, which he did. Uh, just because that green is so iconic. And this was kind of before, like, yellow lightsabers or anything like right. that. But that green color is just so uh, vibrant and amazing looking. And when Luke busts it out, it looks so good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for this week's BMC Question of the Week, Sonny, did you have... A question maybe in mind? I sure do. Okay. I sure do have a question in mind. So the question that I have is, what is your favorite lesser-known Star Wars location? So the the examples that I'm going to give you are like Dexter's Diner or like uh, Watto's Junk Shop, right? Those are like lesser known, sort of like tiny locations uh, in Star Wars. And so I want to know what your favorite lesser known uh, location is. So it's not going to be like Tatooine. It'll be, you know, right. some like spot in Tatooine or something like that. There you go. Um, or some spot on Coruscant. So what is your favorite lesser known location in Star Wars? Let me Dexter's see. Diner is pretty high up there for me. I think yeah, that's actually. Pretty awesome. I was going to say since, well... Since I run a cafe, yeah, for me it it, it is would be Dex's Diner because yeah, I, I always love that scene in uh, Taco Clones. I mean, just come on, finding out Obi Wan had friends outside the Jedi Temple was just amazing. Walking in there, seeing Dex, and Dex was like Obi Wan. It's so good, right? He's got the droids, the little service droids that are on, like, one wheel. And, uh... How can I get you, honey? Yeah. (laughs) I guarantee that would have been my diner. I would have been hanging out, out, sitting at the counter every morning with a cup of Java juice, so... Yeah. It would have to be Dex's diner for me as well. Oh, that's right. She asked him if he wants some Java juice, doesn't she? Yeah. Some Java juice? (laughs) taking that as their coffee so (laughs) it's so i mean it's so good and you could just imagine that there's like a disgruntled chef in the back with (laughs) that all he does is you know like fry up like tauntaun burgers or something all day long (laughs) just eats his job because i love i love everything about that idea that's that's one of those things that i love about star wars is the stuff that they don't show you that you just know is going on. Like I had a, oh my God, I had a huge conversation with some of the guys from Star Wars Conversations about some of these. Oh things. yeah, the, those guys are awesome. Oh, I know. And some of the background things of like people that are just disgruntled inside the Jedi archives. And, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a huge universe. Like there's all sorts of things going on that we just never see. And that kind of stuff fascinates me. Right. But, so I put yeah. the I put the painting up uh, on that on the feed where I talk about how I'm coming on your show, so people will be able to see that painting. Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, I mean, thanks for stopping by the diner, and thanks for the question of the week. Oh, I guess I should tell people. Yes, the BMC question of the week is: What is your favorite lesser-known Star Wars location? And if you want to go ahead and respond to that, I'll read the results out on next week's episode. It will be pinned to the top of my Twitter account at that BMC pod. Go have have fun with that. Be really interesting to see all the different responses. So can't wait to see those. And I thank you, Sonny, for the question. That was a great question. Oh, my pleasure. And if, before we go here real quick, if you want to go ahead and tell people where they can find the University of Coruscant and all that you do online. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for uh, allowing me to be on your show. I had a I had a great time and uh, it's always fun to talk about Star Wars regardless. But uh, 
Thank you so much. I, I really enjoy your show. I love I love the interviews uh, that you do. Uh, the University of Coruscant uh, is available. You can find me on. We have a website. We this is like the royal we. I say we a lot just because it's yeah. the university, but it's really it's really just me. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so the University of Coruscant's available uh, at our website, which is universityofcoruscant.com. Coruscant for all of you, um, not quite super fans, I would say, is spelled C O R U S C. A-N-T, so universityofcoruscant.com. We're available on all the podcatchers, like iTunes and Spotify and, and things like that. So you just have to look up University of Coruscant. You'll see the little blue and blue and yellow and white logo. Incidentally, I have to give credit to uh, my brother-in-law, Joe Gamble. So I came up with the idea of the U and the C sort of interlocking, which is more or less stolen, I think, from the University of Kentucky, how they interlock those letters. Right. But the colors that he took... For the University of Coruscant logo, the blue is actually the blue from the letters of a long time ago. And the yellow is the yellow from the letters in the scroll. So those those colors are very, very specific to Star Wars. Okay. Uh, I was going to say something about the colors, too. Good thing you brought those up because that just jogged my memory. Um, Because I was going to say maybe someone went to the University of Delaware. Mm. Is that their color? I mean, there's so many universities. Somebody's got to have these colors. Let me look this up. Right. University of Delaware. And the blue, I think they're blue hens. The blue hens. Oh, yeah. I could see the blues and the yellows. Yeah. Yep. Oh, almost, not quite, but almost. And I was like, huh, that almost it's looks close. like. It's close. The yellow yeah. looks a little off and the blue looks a little bit darker. But no, the, right. the blues and the yellows from that is sort of that you know, sky blue is pulled directly from those letterings. So oh, that's cool. Very Star Warsy. y um, Yeah. I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, where to find us. <laughs> so so we're on Twitter at uofcoruscant.com. And uh, no, wait, not dot com. It's Twitter, right? You just have to say at you, of Coruscant, right? right? Uh, And that's I basically live on Twitter and that website and then iTunes. And and here's the thing, too. And I should say this. If you listen to a podcast. So I have I have two rules with podcasting. If you like a podcast, no matter what podcast it is, you are legally obligated to tell a friend. You have to do that. That is the most important thing you could possibly do because all of our shows, everything that all of these people are creating and pouring their heart and soul into, you have to tell a friend because that's the only way that we grow. And then the other thing, which is above and beyond, is if you if you can leave a review or something on Spotify or iTunes, right? iTunes particularly, um, even though I think it's called Apple Music now. If you can do that, then you're like a superhero. But the 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 most most important thing that you are legally obligated to do is to tell at least one friend hey i like this show right um and so uh i've definitely told told people about your show and and all these other shows that i like but do that and and you'll be a hero uh forever (laughs) yeah I i really appreciate that and i i really don't say it enough at the end of my episodes either that yes if if you like the blue mill cafe please go and leave a rating and review on apple music i think that's you said that's what it's called now i still say itunes i know we'll always um, say itunes we're never yeah. gonna get over it right i think you could rate and review on spotify as well so i know the podcatcher i started to use it's a fairly new podcatcher i don't think they have a rating and review system yet but you know wherever you listen if they have a rating and review system you know please leave rating and review you know, leave your honest opinions because, you know, feedback always helps someone get better at what they're doing. So we just need to know. So, but yeah, thank you so much, Sonny, for taking the time out of your, you know, teaching schedule there to come on <laughs> in the cafe and talk to us. Well, Dr. Ravencourt would like nothing more than to talk about himself. So, I right. mean, this is not a stretch for for that character at all. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And, of course, at the end of my episode, after the outro, 
stay tuned for the next episode in the NPR radio drama The Return of the Jedi. I believe it is episode four. So there's only two more episodes after that for Return of the Jedi, and then radio dramas will be over, and I'll have to think of something else to play for you guys after <laughs> the outro. But, yeah, just stay tuned for that, and hopefully you guys have been enjoying the radio dramas. And, as always, until next time. I have spoken. Give- I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>